0: Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 311. Follow your
1: dream, but don't just dream it, be it. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive
0: enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. You know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit, with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Mark Sternberger. Mark, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, I am. All right, great to have you here. Swiss-born Mark Sternberger is a car designer who lives alternatively in Ventura, California, and Montreux, Switzerland. His conceptual car illustrations have been featured in magazines and books worldwide and his graphic and fine artwork hangs in numerous private and corporate galleries. He's also established as an international reputation for cutting-edge car design for car makers and aftermarket car products, including sports equipment, shoes, luxury wristwatches, and fashion accessories, as well as some medical devices. Mark's been teaching car design at the prestigious Art Center College of Design in Pasadena and at the Art Center in Europe in Vevey, Switzerland. And he's a judge at numerous Concours events in the United States and in Europe. And guess what? In January, he was awarded the honorary title of Car Man of the Year in Switzerland. Very cool. Mark, I've told our listeners a little bit about your incredible career. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles?
1: Uh, As you just said, I was born in Switzerland. I was always obsessed Uh, withdrawing cars from very early childhood. on, But because Switzerland lacks uh, its own automobile industry, I ended up with a degree in, believe it or not, fashion design, which was my second choice. But I was influenced by American automobiles and their tons of chrome and, uh, you know, their tail fins up to heaven of the late 50s, 1959, of course, and um, that was the world. That was my world, and that was my dream to uh, come to California or come to the U.S. I immigrated to California in 64, but I had to be practical, pragmatic, and I designed lighting fixtures and lamps for a L.A. company but always focused on pursuing a career in automobile design. And L.A. obviously was the place at that time. Oh, yeah. Still is, you know. With uh, Art Center the College of Design that I attended uh, from 66 to 69 at night. And I never graduated from it. Wow. (laughs) That's the funny thing about it. But you know what? Uh, I developed my own drawing style and technique with markers at that time, gouache and pen and ink, which nowadays is totally outdated. But it really, uh, at that time, it was cutting edge. And um, yeah, that's how it started.
0: Well, you're a professor now there at the school, a teacher at the school. So I'm wondering when you get up in front of your class to saying, I went to school here, but I never graduated. If that ever comes up,
1: never, never, never reveal that.
0: Okay, we'll make sure we don't tell anybody on the show here today.
1: That no, 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 it is very well known. It's
0: I'm not- having I'm having some fun with you, but I think that's really interesting. The fact that you emigrated here. I've had many guests on the show from Art Center College of Design. It's a wonderful school there in Pasadena. Has graduated many, many famous people in the automotive industry, of course, and. Uh, It's great, but I love the fact that you got involved in so many different things from the design aspect, but you kept coming back to cars. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we move along, but I always like to start this journey by asking my guests for a success quote. It's a mantra or a saying that's been instrumental in forming your life, and it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So Mark, take the wheel. Um.
1: I started drawing from age three on my brother. My older brother tells me, "Ah, you've always been drawing automobiles. I can't even remember that, but I never stopped. And I think one of the major influences was my father's 1957 Ford Fairlane Skyliner with a, believe it or not, retractable steel roof at that time, you know, totally revolutionary if you remember that. And <clears throat> boy, it was in baby blue and white and, um, you know, 20 yards long or even longer than that. And <clears throat> if you imagine uh, uh, such a giant American automobile on the narrow streets of Switzerland, uh, you can imagine what effect it had. And I felt like a million bucks sitting in that thing. So when uh, my parents they went to church, I stayed in the car in the parking lot. And I would press that Electric button, you know, for that wind, uh, for that uh, steel roof to go up and down and up and down, and it attracted a lot of young people, of course, especially the girls. You know, they <laughs> wanted, they wanted to sit in that back seat and just see how that roof goes up and down. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that was the moment when I decided which direction my career should should go, and um, it was so easy to get the girls. You know. <laughs> Well,
0: is there is there a saying that comes along with that, or a mantra, or some kind of a success quote that you can relate to that?
1: I'm sure there are a lot of um, country songs about that, but um, <laughs> that was not the idea. It was just a, a passion that I had, and that hobby became a hobby. And my quote would be, "Work is really only work if you'd rather did something else instead."
0: Mm, yes, you know it's so key, and I've heard that from so many people I've had here on cars. Yeah, it goes back to that famous quote by henry ford if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life and it's also true you know i think you may have answered this next question i always ask people if there was one pivotal moment in their life when they knew they were a car guy was that the time when you were in that car with your dad or is there a little time a little later in your life when you really realize this is the path of the journey i'm going to take
1: definitely yes definitely that was it and um There was no way of distracting me. I had to be pragmatic, as I said. I had to go into fashion design. But really, uh, you know, the gasoline is in my veins. (laughs) Yeah, I love it.
0: Yeah, I think I've got some of that in my veins, too, with a little motor oil mixed in with that. It's really interesting to me that your dad had a car like that in Switzerland. It had to be so rare, so that added to the fun, I imagine.
1: It was, but he oh, he swore for American automobiles because they were the only ones that could pull trailers. And he was in the building industry, and he needed a car that could pull trailers. And of course, he always overloaded the trailers. But an American car—that was the thing, you know, the V six or V eight at the time.
0: Well, Mark, what I'd love to do now is look at some of the roads you've driven down, and crawl under the hood, and ask you to share with us a huge challenge or a great failure that you faced along the way in your career. We all face these things, but the most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome that situation, and what did you learn from it?
1: Uh, I always consider myself to be the luckiest guy in the universe. And uh, I had a talent. People told me, oh, my God, you have a talent. And I also seem to have known how to use it. I loved my work, still do it to this day. Never had a job, always worked on my hobby all my lifetime. That's the way I see it. But um, my biggest failure was not in business. It was my own personal failure, and that is a uh, 20-year marriage that unfortunately um, ended in divorce. Mm. But it produced four wonderful children, three of which uh, graduated from Arts Center College also.
0: Wow.
1: And uh, are doing quite well. And wow. Wow. And the fourth one, the last one, who was interested in autumn in uh, money, was doing on this, doing very well on that, you know, in, in in that line of making money.
0: Sure. Well, you're truly blessed and fortunate to have four children, which is fantastic. I've got two of my own, so I know how how great that is. But I appreciate you sharing sharing a really personal part of your life with our guests here, because uh, divorce, marriage relationships, uh, oh my goodness, certainly a challenge for people. And I'm sorry that that occurred with you, but. Uh, The best part is you, again, have followed your passion. You've stayed with it. You've worked for yourself, I think, now for 45 years, right?
1: Five years. That's it. That's what I... January.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just absolutely fantastic. And that comes with a lot of hard work, a lot of sacrifice for sure. Uh, But I think that's great. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share one of those, what we like to call aha moments a time when uh, the headlights come on and illuminate your way for a new idea or a new direction. You've worked in so many different parts of the design industry. Tell us the steps you took to turn that singular aha moment into a success.
1: I think uh, the aha moment was when I was awarded the, my first design contract. That was with VW of America to design the uh, sports bug on the you know on the on the bug in 1971 uh they were not quite ready yet with the uh, rabbit the new automobile at the time so they needed to buy some time by beefing up the uh, the bug the, the old fashioned bug and they gave me that job and for me that was um very rewarding to work with the germans and um yeah you know what it was a limited edition but it ended up being so successful that they had to build more And um, that made me feel good.
0: Yeah, this is very interesting. I'd love to tap into this a little bit more because you think a Volkswagen, a big company like that, would have inside designers that would come up with these things. Were were you working as a uh, consultant to them to do this project?
1: Yes, I was. And uh, they didn't at the time, they didn't have any designers in the U.S., nor did they understand the market very well.
0: Okay. Okay, so it was for the U.S. market specifically that sport bug that came that out into right. the to the rabbit. Okay, cool. What were some of the things that you integrated? I'm trying to remember back those cars. You know, I drove a Carmgia when I was in high school in the 70s. It was a 67, and my my sister had a 69 VW Bug. So you know, the bugs are just so prevalent. But what were some of the things that you integrated into that car?
1: Uh, you know, not the pe- the uh, mechanical stuff that is where Volkswagen worked on. Uh, But, hey, I hated those chrome bumpers, and I painted them black. And I put those decals on it, and I chose colors like lime green and, you know, screaming in your face type of stuff. Uh, hmm, What else? I have to look at the pictures. Just made it, uh, you know, uh, some rally stripes, and just made uh, an old mediocre automobile, make it look uh, like, um, you know, like a Porsche almost.
0: Yeah, something new. Well, you think about that time period the bug had been around for a long, long, long time. It had, of course, evolved a little bit, but how do you take that old classic design, which is really an iconic shape, and add a little flair? So I think it's really cool what you did.
1: Yeah, and um, like I said, I think uh, I created, or I like to think I created a new trend, which was blacking out chrome and uh, replacing it with black or, you know, with matte, um, matte colors. I also put some half-decent wheels on that darn thing, Uh, you know, just to make it look much more uh, fun and much more expensive than what it was.
0: Well, you know what comes to mind? You you live part of the year in Southern California. I do as well, or middle California, Ventura. But it's the SoCal look for cars. And I did that a little on my Gia that I had, is people would black out things. And of course, you saw that start to happen with Porsche. They went to the anodized chrome and then the blacked out And then all the other cars have followed ever since.
1: Correct. Yeah.
0: So you're the guy. That is cool.
1: (laughs) I don't know whether I'm the guy. Let's say I contributed to the uh, Malaise, you know.
0: There you go. Very nice. Very nice. I assume you've had many proud moments along the way in your career. But is there one in particular you could share with us?
1: Uh, Yeah. We developed with the company that I founded later on called Sternberger Clunet from Santa Barbara. Uh, we created uh, what we called a uh, LSV, a lifestyle vehicle, which um, was a very unique concept for beach, for rain, for sunshine, whatever. You can hold it out. It was very practical. And it was shown at the uh, auto show in Detroit in 1987. And that, for me, was a very, very proud moment. Also, I would say, as a design as a teacher at the art center the, the impact i made on future designers that made me feel very very good i'm still very much in contact with them some of them uh, are design chiefs nowadays in germany all over the world and um, i feel very proud when i get a letter or i get an email or whatever telling me you know mark you son of a gun you were not the greatest teacher, but uh, you made a major impact on me. And I feel very, very good about that.
0: Oh, yes. You know, we've all had teachers, professors in our lives that we still remember no matter how far we go. And it's usually the ones that were the tough ones, the, t- the ones that pushed us a little bit or a lot that had the biggest impact. We maybe didn't like it at the time, but we realized the importance of it. So uh, that's really great. Fantastic. And the LSV, very interesting. I've got to go back and do a little research on that and see.
1: What that yeah. car was all about. Totally nice. Totally nice. Yeah. and uh, Unfortunately, it didn't go into production because it died with uh, American Motors. Mm. We remember, you know, under the uh, Renault thing? Yes. It went out the window, unfortunately. But hey, you know what? I did some other stuff, which I like.
0: I think so. Let's have a little bit of fun here. I'd love for you to share with me your first really special vehicle. The first one that really had an impact on you that you owned and had fun with, and maybe
1: share a memory that you have with that vehicle. Believe it or not, that was a Pontiac Grand Prix Coupe 1965 midnight blue with fender skirts and tons of chrome uh, front and rear, dragging everything behind it. I didn't have the Continental kit, so I didn't have that, but um, it was just the most beautiful automobile in the world. I got married in 68, and uh, we took off. Both my wife and I, we took off from work. And um, we went on the honeymoon for three and a half, almost four months.
0: Wow, that's quite a honeymoon.
1: (laughs) Yep, all in that car. And uh, we went up to Vancouver, BC, drove uh, the Canadian number one, all the way to the East Coast, uh, went to Quebec City, went down to Washington, New York, and so on. And I put in almost 25,000 miles on that darn thing. Wow. Very cool. And uh, we came back to Hollywood. That's where I lived at the time. And I came back with $25 in my pocket. <laughs> no job, nothing. And uh, my, my wife, she went as a waitress and brought home some money, you know, immediately. And I started uh, working uh, on my own. And that's when I started what's called Design 70. That was my first uh, studio. God, we had, a, you know, we had all these memories, uh, you know, for, for, like I said, almost four months, a uh, honeymoon.
0: Yeah. Wow, fantastic. Well, obviously, that time in the back of that fair lane with your dad's car came to fruition when you came here and you had that big American car and you drove around in it. So that's pretty darn cool. I love that. Great. Thanks for sharing another great personal story. Is there a car that you've owned and sold that you really wish
1: you could have back in your garage? Uh, yeah, and I don't know whether you're familiar with the Fiat Multipla two thousand. I know what the car is. Yeah, and I see your expression on your face yeah. because you know this is the ugliest automobile in the universe. You know that
0: it's kind of a bread box.
1: <laughs> God, but uh, you know it looks so ugly. It's um, you almost feel like like an ugly baby. You know, you feel pity. <laughs> and you you, um, you you look at it, and you, you want to take it home and, and protect it from, from the people, right? It's so ugly, and that's what that Fiat multiplies. But you know what? It is uh, an incredible, incredibly practical car. it has three seats across, two rows. Uh, has windows, uh, five acres of windows. You know, the windshield itself already is two acres. Yeah, I've uh, had it in Europe up until not too long ago. I finally decided I have to get rid of it. But that was the car that, it was a turbo diesel. I drove all over Europe with that darn thing for years and years and years when I was in Europe. And um, I regret having to do that, but I have to do it.
0: Yeah, What
1: year was yours? That was 2000.
0: Two, uh, 2000, okay.
1: It actually, you know, it was so ugly that it, it made it to the uh, New York Museum of, um, Museum of Modern Art. No way. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Amazing. You can you can look it up, but uh, you know, and then I was impressed by the interior, which, if you're familiar with it, it looked like some parts from outer space. You know, like bubbles on on uh, on your dashboard. And every morning when I got into that car, I was counting them and see if maybe overnight one there was one more mutation for an additional, (laughs) you know. Straight out of Alien, the movie. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, that's really interesting. I, I I, kind of find it interesting that that got into the Museum of Modern Art. I visited New York City with my son when he was quite young, and mm-hmm. we went to the Museum of Modern Art, and they had a Cestalia in there, I believe it was, that and it- a motorcycle. They, it wasn't a car day. It was just a part of their regular exhibit, but I'm trying to imagine that car being in there. That's very interesting, very cool.
1: <laughs> Mine was the racing version with big windows, I mean, with big wheels and 19-inch uh, wheels and lowered in front and uh, putting the, the, the rear and, uh, up, up in the sky, you know, like... Um,
0: well, you've got to send me a picture of that. I want to see a picture of that. Happy to. Send me an email. Very cool. Now, how about a vehicle that you purchased in your life and shortly thereafter you said, what was I thinking? There were too many of those. (laughs) Well, pick one that's really crazy, okay? Uh, Ford Falcon. How about that? The Falcon. Now, the Falcon was the predecessor to the Mustang, right?
1: Yeah, but it was such a mediocre automobile at the time. And mine was white, you know, like appliance white. Yeah. And uh, I just decided, you know what? Okay, I didn't have a lot of money then, so that had to do. And it, it, it worked. Uh, and so I bought some contact paper and put over the roof, which later on became like the vinyl roof, you know, but mine was crazy. It was, you know, the hippie time. And so uh, it had flowers on it, on the contact paper. You know
0: what? <laughs> you were ahead of your time because they're wrapping cars all the time now. Of course, the, ma- the material's way better now, but you... you- you were a
1: way ahead of your time, my friend. <laughs> the only thing is I could never sell the darn thing. I had to trade it in because nobody wanted nobody it. Nobody wanted it. Oh, uh, yeah, the mighty no Ford
0: Falcon. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> that's a good choice. Is there a project that you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? Uh, at this moment,
1: yes, I have a couple of projects. Um, one of them is getting unique car show on, uh, on TV. I did that in Europe. I moderated. I wrote the script. I moderated. uh, I put everything together. I'd like to do that over here as well. And I do have two people that are interested in it. Whether it will come off, I don't know. But it is a show that is unlike uh, Top Gear and all that stuff. It's it's a different type of show, but it is automobile related. And I'm very excited about that. I'd, I'd like to see the dancing on the tube. Well,
0: it sounds really exciting. Is there a little bit more you can tell us at this point about what it's going to be like, or is it still in the in the making?
1: No, it, it's a historical thing. Um, one interesting thing is, you know, whatever happens to concept vehicles, for instance, that is one thing. Um, has there ever been produced later on in production and what are the differences between you know that nasty looking thing that is on the stand at the auto show and that mediocre thing that is uh standing in front of you um that is one of the aspects there were other things too but yeah i'm very excited about it i want i want to each and every one. i want to do with a history and and you know, the, the people that worked on it and why it didn't make it and so on and so on.
0: Well, I sure hope this comes to fruition because I certainly will watch it. And I know a lot of our listeners out there will be very curious to see what you come up with. Very, very cool. I love it. Here's a really introspective question for you, Mark. And being a creative guy, I'd love to hear what your answer for this one is. If you were a car, what kind of car would Mark be and
1: why? <laughs> okay. Cadillac. CTS V Coupe. Ooh,
0: okay. So tell me why.
1: Because it's very unique. There is no, there is only love it or hate it. There's nothing in between. It's unique, it's radical. The styling is uh, unconventional. It's not too big. I like the size of it. Uh, It's fast, the V version, you know, the V8. Uh, And um, I just love those lines. I, I love that car. Very nice. Probably will end up with one of them. I know they stopped building it, but hey, you know what? I, I just love that thing. And that is probably the car that is me. Yeah. More than else. Very cool.
0: Well, that's why I like that question so much. We get to learn a little bit more about you through that question. So great choice. I love it. It has to be in blizzard white.
1: Blizzard white. Yeah, with, with um, beautiful, great uh, wheels on it.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, it goes back to that Falcon. That was white. <laughs> yeah
1: little different
0: <laughs> yeah a lot different so mark up next is the last lap but before we put the pedal to the metal let's say thank you to today's cars yeah sponsor have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick 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 because of a dead battery no worries i've got the noco genius boost jump starter this compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car boat truck or rv while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at geniuschargers.com. Okay, Mark, we're back and we're entering the last lap and this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some really quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Yep. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received?
1: Learn to like women dressed in leather.
0: Okay, we're going to have to elaborate on this one a little bit. Automotive advice. (laughs)
1: it's an automotive uh, uh, advice because they will remind you of the smell of leather seats in a new car
0: okay I
1: like that you're looking for right no I like
0: it I think I like that answer that's a unique one for sure (laughs) It's, it's bringing a big smile on my face as you can see so I think that's pretty cool would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success
1: Uh, You know what? Deliver what you promise and deliver it on time. And and you know what? I did that. I'm known in the business for doing exactly that. And the respect that you get for that, uh, it pays for itself.
0: Yes. You know, and especially in the creative world, creative people can tend to be less businesslike because they operate in a different part of their brain, in their region. So, to combine that business like accuracy and delivering on time, what you promised, is so, so important, especially as an entrepreneur when you're working with clients. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners that you think they would really enjoy?
1: I would probably tell them look at what, and I don't want to plug it all the time, but um, what Art Center of uh, College of Design, what they are all about.
0: Mm. Yes.
1: They are not just for car designers but they do so many other different things and uh, it just had a major impact on me as well. Yeah. I remember as uh, you know when I came to the United States somebody introduced me to that school and I looked at the the walls full of those drawings that I, I came out of that school I was probably 1 quarter of an inch tall that's how I felt. Yes. But also felt like you know what if they can do it I can do it too.
0: Yes. You know, I've heard that from some other guests that went there and ended up, they went there to see if that's the place they wanted to be. They ended up there and wonderful school pushes some people, like I said before, some amazing people, a lot of amazing people have come out of that school. So, uh, very good to see. And they have a car show every year that they put on, which is pretty cool too.
1: Which is uh, coming up in October. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm
0: senior there, right? I hope so. I need to get down there to to participate in that, or at least enjoy it. And I'm sure I can meet meet some cool people from there too. How about a book? Is there one book that you could share with our listeners? You think they would enjoy reading?
1: Yeah, and that is called um, I wrote it down. Automobiles that changed history, and it is by Severio Villa or Villa. It's uh, Italian, Severio. Villa and um, automobiles that changed the history. It gives some short history of each of those remarkable automobiles. It's not too long, and uh, I just love that book.
0: Well, we have a great section on the Carjad website guest recommended books. You can find this book that Mark's recommended and all the great books our guests have recommended at com. Just put Mark in the search bar, his show notes page will pop right up. And his last name, Sternberger, is spelled S T E H R E N. B e r, g e r. Right. You're good. Very good. Where did you get that from? I don't know. I think I got it from uh, my wife. She's probably been one that's helped drive me down that that uh, lane. Do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars, Mark?
1: Yeah. You know what? I grew up with soccer, of course, and I played until about uh, almost ten years ago. And the reason why I stopped because they gave me my own ball. <laughs> they told me, hey, why don't you play on the side of the field? Just uh- You know, I felt so privileged. No, but uh, you know, age creeps up on you. But I'm a very avid uh, tennis player, and I play two or three times a week, and then some tournament. And hey, I'm 72, but I'm still up there, and I give help to everybody. Well,
0: I can tell our listeners we're doing this via Skype. I'm sitting here looking at Mark, and 72. I'm shocked. There's no way you're 72. You are one fit guy. Yeah, 82 at least, maybe 90, something in (laughs) there. No, you you are one fit guy. You know, that's another secret to life. Stay physically active. So important. All right, Mark, we're up to the last question. The checkered flag, this can be a real doozy for a car guy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the cost, because today I'm footing the
1: bill, what would that one vehicle be and why? You know what? It would be, believe it or not, a Citroën SM.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Well, why the
1: Citroën SM? Why? Because the same thing again. It's a very unique automobile. The styling is very unique. It is as fresh today as it was in 1975. It's a classic, and I just love it in blizzard white.
0: Okay. Blizzard white. Of course, you like white. On blizzard white. Blizzard white. Well, the Citroën is a pretty special car. One of my very first guest here was a friend of mine, Kenji Yoshino, who works just north of here near Seattle, and he sells Citroen parts. And he's the one who introduced me to Citroen. He's a big Citroen fan. He was born and raised in Japan. I don't know where that all came from, but he took me for some of my first rides in Citroen cars. They are truly unique and special, and they were cutting edge from a design aspect. I understand why your passion for them is there, so uh, very cool. Mark, you have taken me on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the CarShop listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Citroën SM?
1: Um, yeah, I would say follow your dream, but don't just dream it, be it. And uh, the second one is follow your dream, except the one where you're uh, shopping in a grocery store naked. <laughs> Yeah, If you want to, you can edit that out. But
0: yeah, no, I like that one. That's pretty darn fun. Yeah, please don't do that. Uh, we can we can do without that. But very fun. You are one great guy. I've really enjoyed our talk today. I want to thank you for taking us on a wonderful journey. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you?
1: Uh, you know what? I've got a website. Obviously, uh, let's see, where is it? It's uh, uh, Design. It is right now on the, uh, yeah, being renovated right now, but you can also go on YouTube and uh, put in my name, Sternberger, and you find a whole bunch of uh, videos um, for car design, for other design. Yeah, YouTube would be the deal.
0: Very cool. Well, listeners, you can find all the links to things Mark has shared with us today, again, at com. You can find his website, and by the time this show airs, perhaps... Your site will be a little bit further down to be upgraded, but go back and visit it. I think you'll enjoy it. There's some great things to see there. Mark, I want to thank you again for being so generous. It's so much fun to talk to you today. It's really been great. And for sharing your experiences with our listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the
1: road. Thank you very much for having me.
0: You're welcome. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah!